Hello, and welcome back to The Fan and the Critic. We are finally back after five or four or five months of not doing episodes. Um, and we are back with an episode that I have been trying to get off the ground for the last couple of years, um, which is today we are going to be talking about being a dad and watching movies. Took us a while to get this episode going because we needed to find a couple other dads. Maybe we were also waiting for Paulo to be a dad, which he now is. So congratulations. Um, but Sorry we for have... holding back your idea for so long, Carson. <laughs> yeah. Speed up your timelines a bit. Um, so joining us today, uh, we have Stephen and Ben. Uh, this is also the third Ben on the episode. For, for So for our loyal listeners out there, it's not the first Ben. It's not the second Ben that you've heard on probably seven or eight episodes. This is new Ben. Um and as we do with uh, with new guests on the podcast, we're going to have you guys introduce yourselves before we get started. Um, so welcome to the show, Ben and Steven, uh, to, to get us, I guess, uh, introduce yourself to our audience. Uh, we're going to have you mention two or three characters that represent you as a person for whatever, however you want to interpret that, whether it's because it's similar to you or you want to be like that character, or whatever you want. Um, so Steven, how about you go first? What characters do you feel represent you as a person? All right, right off the bat, I'm going to go with uh, Mr. Miyagi. And for one simple reason, I'm Asian. No, really, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's having that big empathetic heart. I try and be a big tough guy, but really I'm, you know, trying to take everything in and uh, sweet about it. Uh, another dad who, who I think I'd like to model myself more like is uh, Mr. Clark W. Griswold, you know. Family is always uh, the first thing, the priority at uh, at everyone's expense, and uh, I like to put my family through that. <laughs> nice on theme too. Nice. Well, again, welcome to the show. Um, and then new Ben, Ben the third. Uh, what are the characters that you came up with to represent you as a person? Yes. Hi. Thanks for having me. This is Ben the third. B Dubs, whatever you want to call me. Um, I've got a couple. I got a couple I've identified. Uh, I would like to select Matthew McConaughey's character Cooper from the movie Interstellar, uh, and his pursuit to ensure Murph is uh, looked after and taken care of, even though his actions may not have reflected that, um, and what they learned on the other side of that journey. Uh, the other option that I went with is Splinter, uh, as a honorary parent to the Turtles from TMNT. And his uh, constant lessons, his care, his understanding, um, you know, his acceptance to have them grow and uh, understand each other as they as they grow. It's very I, honorable. I appreciated that you guys both interpreted the question as being what characters represent you as a dad, uh, when it also <laughs> is just, you know, I, I guess as a parent, once you become a parent, that's kind of takes over as your personality. Um Um, okay, uh, so I'm going to get started. Uh, so agenda that we split out here, we got a few different segments. Uh, obviously, this is a very big topic about being a parent, being a dad, and watching movies. That can mean a lot of different things. Uh, so we've decided to kind of like run the gambit of like the different ages that your kids are and what movies means at those times. Uh, so we're going to start off with like what is you know 
topics about movies when you have a newborn and then as a toddler and then as they get older and you start introducing them to things that you know you loved as a kid um as well as just i think we're going to talk a little bit about movie dads and which ones are good which ones are not good um and all the ones that are in between so oh and i, I should also uh mention for our audience here that we're all kind of at different stages in our parenting journey uh so paulo is like got a newborn mine is around two years old um, I actually don't know the ages of Ben and Steve and your kids, but you guys are more like farther along, like I want to say 10-ish, uh, but you have more experience than me and Paulo have. My daughter is uh, turning eight uh, in April, so it's uh, wise-ass time. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got a nine-year-old boy in uh, February. He'll turn nine, sorry. So we got a bit so of variety covered, of experience, yeah. Yeah, we're covered everywhere. Nice. Um, all right. So first segment we want to talk about is when you have a newborn, what movies are good for you to watch? Uh, obviously you're not watching a movie with your kid. Um, but you know, you still have time in your, in your life sort of, uh, so what type of movies are good to watch during that time? What are you interested? So I'm going to kick it off. I think to Steven or Paulo to, uh, to start off this segment. Uh, well, if Steven, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll start this one off just from, uh, recent experience. Uh, this is kind of embarrassing, but uh, apparently you're not supposed to watch anything with your newborn. Um, so I learned recently, I, I read that your your child is, or your baby is not supposed to be looking at the TV. I, may, I don't know if I'm interpreting this wrong, but I took it as like, they should never look at the TV ever while something <laughs> is on because it like, uh, it could, I don't know, lead to um, like attention issues or like it distracts them from like what they're supposed to be doing like feeding or sleeping so um the first couple months i did not know that and i was like i had the night shift so my wife could sleep during the night and i would watch our baby uh and feed her and i was just watching everything like i was watching movies i was watching tv shows i watched like the whole clone wars series because i had <laughs> i had never watched it so i i caught up on all of it in those first two months and only to find that uh yeah you're not supposed to putting you're not supposed to be putting your baby in front of a tv so um i'm going to attack this question from the perspective of uh or from the i guess hypothetical if it was okay to have your <laughs> baby in front of a tv uh what's good to watch um and the answer is uh, still almost nothing because you want them to sleep and um, you really, so for, for me, <coughs> I would just watch things that are good to watch with no sound or very low sound. So like any dumb, like big dumb action movie that you could think of that it doesn't really matter what they're saying. Um, I watched a lot of those and without sound early on. So, I mean, I think in the first month or so, it's okay. I could be completely wrong about this, but it's okay for like violence to be on the screen because your baby, first of all, can't see that far. And second of all, um, it probably doesn't even know what that is or what what's like, they can't process on what's on the screen. Or I'm just doing irreparable, irreparable damage to my baby's brain. Um, but uh, yeah, I watched like all the John Wicks with the sound off because um, with no sound, all you're missing are gunshots and Keanu Reeves saying, yeah, 
Um, but I mean, and, the blood splatters on the screen would be visually stimulating. So you're doing that child a favor, right? Like, yeah, let's get those like, brainwaves moving with some <laughs> good old violent action. Yeah, and there's like there's also that part, right? So when like a little on a little later on down the line where they can can see things like uh, you want something colorful. So like the the Into the Spider Verse movies, those are really good. You can both enjoy. They're very colorful, and I don't know. Maybe there's a little too much flashing lights for a baby, but we're, we're again we're we're approaching it from the perspective of everything's fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's uh, stimulating with nice colors good music there's no swearing it's very pg um and uh and it's they're just great movies for you for the parent so um yeah i don't know how everyone else feels about that or if anyone had a different experience but that's been my those were the first two months for me so just as an <laughs> fyi i'm pretty sure for the first couple months babies can't see more than a couple feet away and it's all blurry and they can't see color so i think you're good on like any violent movies okay. you watched early on because i don't think she would have seen it Great. Well, I feel a little bit better. Now, um, with the, when it comes to movies and a newborn infant, there's always this thing that new parents do is fool themselves into thinking that I'm going to watch an entire movie in one sitting. <laughs> no chance of that happening. When, uh, when our kid was first born and uh, we had some time to watch a movie or whatever, um, I saw the first 15 minutes and the last 15 minutes of many movies. And I'll tell you, some of them were really, really wrapped up nicely, like uh, like Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. I watched the first 15 minutes of that movie, fell asleep of exhaustion, and then woke up for the last 15 minutes, and it was super satisfying. All action, <laughs> none, no, no slow <laughs> moments. But, um, you know, like, tiredness takes into account for a lot of things we watch. So... We uh, really watched a lot of things we had seen a million times before. And, you know, your movies like where you're giggling because you know the jokes are coming up. So <laughs> maybe the baby wasn't facing the screen, but uh, I rewatch a lot of movies like Kingpin, um, the Bill Murray bowling movie, or like Revenge of the Nerds. Because, you know, you can watch it quietly. You can just uh, know what's going to happen and enjoy it. And the baby doesn't know anything else otherwise. For me, that was true lies. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, for me, but I yeah, felt like I was sure. a little more self-aware on what my energy level was going to be because usually baby would go to bed. And so that would be my time to watch a movie, you know, like 7, 8 p.m. ish. But I knew I was only going to get through about 45 minutes before I fall asleep. So I'm like, OK, let's watch a movie I don't care about, like Doctor Strange or Spider-Man. Because I'm like, I'll watch it and I'll have no problem 45 minutes later being like, okay, I'm just going to shut this off because I'm not <laughs> at all emotionally invested. Um, I would have watched like the rest of it the next day, but like I knew not to get something in that I, I, I wanted to finish because I know I wasn't going to. So when Steven, when Steven brought this up originally, like this idea, I was thinking of like what movie starts off with the first 15 minutes that are like, okay, this is, this is normal. And then imagine you go to sleep and you wake up in the last 15 minutes and it's like a completely different movie or it's completely just insane that it's in the same movie. You think you're maybe watching something else. One of the, like, for example, uh, I don't know if everyone's here, if everyone here has seen Indiana Jones, the latest one, yeah. the Dial of Destiny. Steven, Dubs, yep. have you seen this one? Because I'm about to spoil Unfortunately. it. Unfortunately. <laughs> oh, okay. Carson, have you seen, seen it? it yeah. It's on Disney+. Plus. Okay. 
because <laughs> first 15 minutes are like it's actually a really cool sequence i really enjoyed the like it's indiana jones fighting nazis on a train um and then the last 15 minutes they end up in like ancient italy or like mesopotamia mesopotamia sorry uh and who's the like the inventor archimedes archimedes who created the dial as like a a way to it was like a time machine to bring people back to help him because his city was under attack um so like if you have no idea i mean granted i i watched most of it but in the middle i still didn't really know how they ended up back there but basically they go back in time with nazis in a plane um and meet archimedes um so i thought that was a a good example of one that uh, would be quite the experience to watch the first and last 15 minutes of. Can you imagine how boring and linear Fight Club would have been if you only saw the first 15 and last 15? It would be like a like a guy with a gun in his mouth, and then it's just ending with the guy with the gun in his mouth. And that's it. <laughs> there is no magic to it. It's just, oh, I guess it's just a hostage situation movie. <laughs> <clears throat> What what else is uh, um? So I guess you guys to... had like different experience because I never had this like first fifteen <laughs> minutes and last fifteen minutes. Although if I'm thinking about it, and this is like a deep cut, but if you've ever seen Place Beyond the Pines, uh, which yeah. is like a oh. Bradley, like <laughs> the, the main spoiler alert for a movie that's fifteen years old, but like halfway through the movies, the main characters just die, and then it suddenly picks up with their kids twenty years later, and it's the most random because it's like like Ryan Gosling and bradley cooper or something like that so it's like it's not characters mm-hmm. you would expect to die halfway through the movie um very good movie though but it, yeah if you fell asleep after 15 minutes and then picked up at the end you would have absolutely no idea who these characters were or if you were even watching the same movie that was the movie that turned me around on ben Mendelssohn. i'm like okay i am a fan for life of this guy i don't remember his that movie. Is... he's like one he was uh he was the mentor to uh Gosling in the uh the bike shop. Okay. Um so slightly like similar to this topic, the uh my experience on watching babies with a newborn, as the kid got a little older, you start to get in a place where you wanna watch like have a date night, whereas I feel like newborn, like first four months there's a lot of like you're taking turns you're taking shifts and so a lot of the movies and stuff i watched was stuff that you know my wife was asleep so i'm watching it by myself while i'm like watching the kid or like waiting for her to wake up so like i think at that time that's when i started to explore a lot of horror movies because i was like what are the movies i want to watch that my wife is definitely not going to want to watch um so that was one of those was when i was watching a titan titan uh which i know paulo reads uh, but yeah, like I watched that on two volume, like volume two with subtitles because I was in a dark <laughs> room, like watching the baby. Um, and I watched a lot of like weird horror movies like that at that time. Has Okay. Dubs and Steven, have either of you watched Titan, the movie that Carson's talking about here? No, but uh, I haven't watched it on purpose. Okay. I, I'd say, oh, sorry, Dubs. Have, have, I'm assuming you haven't. <laughs> No, unfortunately, I'm not a man of culture, so I have not seen this film. Um, I wouldn't <laughs> call it that, <laughs> but uh, my my challenge to you today is... Uh, I misread the situation. No, I mean, 
if you watch it, you, it'll make sense. But um, just make sure you are alone uh, when you when you do. Don't let. Definitely not with your with your kids. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give anything else away. Just uh, Carson was right. I absolutely hated that that movie. <laughs> but um, yeah, I also um, I also tried to watch um, some scary movies. I, I watched Smile recently, which was a big mistake. Um, I thought it was going to be really dumb and kind of enjoyable of how dumb it was, but. I mean, it was still dumb, but it was actually scary for me. And uh, having to be up at late at night with all the lights off uh, to not wake up a newborn, and everything's just quiet uh, in a in a dark house by myself at like three, four in the morning. Um, <laughs> there was enough creepy moments in that movie to to start seeing things out of the corner of my eyes. Probably also helped along with not sleeping and hallucinating. So. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I would re- recommend that to to all new, to any new parents, unless you're uh, you've got a you got some courage in you. I uh, in 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 my time of not sleeping and uh, being up with the kid and experimenting in movies outside of my normal realm, I watched a whole bunch of like Larry Clark, Harmony Corrin, like uh, so. I'm talking like uh, Gummo. Just awful movies. Uh, movies by Gaspar Noé. I don't know if you've uh, watched his movies, Into the Void or stuff like that. But just I think you're uh, really Carson's language. <laughs> just, just really awful soul-sucking stuff, and you just kind of sit there shaking and uh, question why you uh, spent uh, <laughs> two hours watching something like that. But yeah, it 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 gives you time to. Exactly that. Try something new, right? Experiment with uh, different movies, different shows, different forms of entertainment. And unfortunately, I regret my decisions in watching those. Yeah, so I had one of those. (laughs) Sorry. I had one of those like those as well. Last time I was in uh, Toronto and I saw you guys in person, we watched a a Shion Sono movie, Why Don't You Play in Hell? Um, He also has a, a series that I watched right after my kid was born called Tokyo Vampire Hotel which is the story of the apocalypse happening. And so vampires kidnap a bunch of people and keep them in a hotel basically to farm them so that they have people to eat. And like, anyway, it's, it's if you've seen any of his movies, it's kind of exactly what you would expect. Um, but it was a good time. Interesting. <laughs> what's, what's the worst thing? So I'm speaking to the older, the, the more experienced parents here. What's the worst thing that you have watched with your child, maybe inadvertently or on purpose, but you didn't care? <laughs> so, uh, sorry uh, for jumping in right away. Um, the way it works in our house now is living room is family movies, but when dad's in the bedroom, um, she can talk to me from outside the room, but can't come <laughs> in because I'm watching. And usually it's something, you know what it is? It's questionable language that i worry the most like i don't want her around when i'm watching the hateful eight you know it's a little too much but last night we had a weird experience which is we watched uh, national lampoon's christmas vacation (laughs) and she couldn't stop asking about why is clark so into the girl he doesn't know and he's like does she love does he love her 
is that his new wife? And I'm like, no, he just <laughs> likes. And my wife just kept, kept putting it as, oh, she's pretty. And he can't get enough of how pretty she is. And, you know, we all seen that scene where she gets uh, on the pool, the family disappears, and she takes off her bathing suit. And it's just, you know, how, how do you explain lust, I guess, to an eight-year-old, seven-year-old? I'd rather just uh, change the subject and pretend uh, the question never even happened. Wait, did you say National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? Yeah. There's okay, because so context, I haven't seen it, but it it sounded like you were describing Fast Times, like uh, similar. Whatever. It's similar. Yeah. To that scene, yeah. Okay. With Phoebe Cates. Yes. <laughs> I mean, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot that scene was Flip. in that, and so currently my sister-in-law is living with us, and we're we're talking about like Christmas movies to watch this year, and that was on my list of things to watch with my wife and sister-in-law. Uh, but now that you've reminded me of that scene, I'm probably not going to pick that one. Smart. <laughs> Recently, too. Uh, sorry to cut you off, Ben. Go ahead. No, it's all good. I, I was just going to say, about two years ago, I made the mistake of watching Krampus with my with my son. <laughs> I feel like I should have known better at the time, but it happened. And uh, that movie has since scarred him for several years. Uh, nightmares. <laughs> so I'll, I'll warn all the parents. That's definitely not kid appropriate. It's funny because like watching that now, like I, I watched it, I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago, just out of curiosity. And it it's something that I don't find scary anymore. But like, and I might be jumping ahead too far because I have a bunch of movies like this. But yeah, definitely when you're, a younger child you like there are those movies that you won't you wouldn't find scary as, a, as an adult but they're like absolutely terrifying as a child i have quite a bit of those because i was also like a, a real big bitch when i was a little boy <laughs> just so we're on the same page we all know who large marge is right i feel from like Pe from peewee's big adventure ben carson Hollow? No, no, no. I have not watched it actually. Oh, so there's a scene in Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and it's uh, like it's horrifying. It's kind of like the rite of passage between like kids my age and uh, and uh, like she's telling a story, and then it turns into like claymation and makes like the biggest scariest face with the biggest oh scariest God. sound. And uh, the first time I watched it with my daughter, I totally paused, fast forwarded. <laughs> to skip it i just knew that because i remember that i couldn't handle how scary large marge was and i wimped out as a parent and uh saved her the, on that one but so i just googled her and she this is terrifying <laughs> i did the same and this reminds me of beetlejuice which for yeah. me as a kid was one that that definitely stayed with me for the wrong reasons well i mean Pee-wee's big adventure is uh tim burton right it's funny right from that movie all the themes that we still see today are been there the whole time. If anyone's curious, uh, Large Marge was played by a lady named Alice Nunn. And she passed away in 1988. That's how old that movie is. Before I was even born. The year of release of Beetlejuice. Oh. Coincidence? Yes. <laughs> Um, Carson, did you have one of those? One of those um, 
I shouldn't have let Evelyn watch this movie. Uh, we have not let Evelyn watch anything other than Miss Rachel at this point, so uh, <laughs> no mistakes yet. Smart. Smart. Well, I, that makes me feel a little bit better. For the first year with, with Charlie, it was uh, no screens. 12 months we made it. But I would use that opportunity to watch, you know, the ultra-violent stuff, the alien movies, all that. Uh, but it doesn't work for all that long. They start getting up in the middle of the night. You're not safe. The um, the only equivalent for me that I could think of of, like, movies or scenes that scarred me when I was younger is I watched The Mummy when it first came out. So I would have been <laughs> nine, eight or nine at that time. And the scene where... The guy, you see the shadow on the wall and he gets like spun up into the air and he gets like all the juice sucked out of him. I think like that kept me up for a few nights after watching that. <laughs> that was one of my movies on the list that scared me as a kid. And it was um, two, two parts. Number one was the guy, um, the guy when they were in the tunnel or in the, in the, in the tomb or whatever. And the guy had the glasses. And, yeah, like, his glasses are missing. <laughs> yeah and like he can't he couldn't see and then the mummy was like in the distance and then he shows up in front of him and then the second one was actually like having the the, the dude's face sucked off like his, <laughs> his he was absorbed i had a nightmare that same night of my face being absorbed by the mummy and i felt it like i felt my face being pulled <laughs> and it was absolutely the worst thing ever but nowadays i love that movie i'll watch it i'll watch it for fun So your kids are still too young to start having favorite movies, right? Like, you're way too early for the Disney musical phase when you listen to it all the time. End of sentence. Just all the time. <laughs> yeah, I started to get my first taste of that because, um, so as I was saying, the only thing that we let my daughter watch is Miss Rachel, which for those unfamiliar is a YouTube channel where they basically just like, it's like a daycare teacher talking to your kid and they sing mm -hmm. some songs and like, we'll let her watch it for like 10 minutes every once in a while. And then for the first time we brought her down and I turned it on and it's like an hour long video that has a bunch of different songs. And she started to remember what the songs are and she'll be like, no, not this one. I want the song with the ducks. And I was <laughs> like, you have preferences now you have opinions. Like I can't just turn something on. I have to turn on a specific thing that you want me to turn on. And I could like already extrapolate in my head what that's going to look like once she has a favorite show or a favorite movie. Cause it's like, Oh, you're going to want to listen to frozen 10 times. And like on repeat. <laughs> no joke. Frozen two is now my favorite Disney soundtrack. You know, I I'm from the age of Aladdin, Lion King, the classics, but frozen two, as many times I've heard it, there are a bunch of songs that I shed a tear. Like it's the first time. <laughs> between Mo between Moana and Frozen Two, oh my goodness, those those were heavy hitters in our house. Now Moana was the first one that my daughter just completely obsessed over. Like in the car at home, we're watching it every free moment. That's how she started to get to use the iPad because it was just like, sorry, I don't want to see this again right now. The weird thing that uh. That happens, though, once you start watching these Disney movies over and over is you start looking for narratives that aren't necessarily there, right? Like, 
you're just like figuring out missing pieces of the characters there has everyone seen moana yes <laughs> yeah fantastic i've started uh writing like a sh uh, a story about i mean it's never going to happen but it's a it, it's more like a one man play of the father after he his mother dies and moana runs off like can you imagine the dad <laughs> having to deal with that right at that moment like you've alienated your daughter your mother just died your wife is yelling at you and you're supposed to be the chief so like i said i and your village is dying <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's full of regret, but then, you know, I, I don't know how he did it. I'm going to make it up how he got through it, but it will be dark and heavy. I think you should definitely pitch that to Disney. <laughs> <laughs> so and this then... is a good segue into, I'm just going to, I can hand it back to you, Stephen. But second thing that we were going to talk about is, what type of movies are good and bad for your kids to watch? And I think both from the perspective of which ones do you like watching with them, which ones are annoying versus which ones do you actually like the, uh, the moral of the stories on? Uh, so sorry, go ahead, Stephen. Yeah. Um, to be honest, a lot of the stuff my kid watches, I've only seen bits and pieces of, but can make up the story because they watch it so often right now. There is this Netflix movie called The Christmas Chronicles. You guys aware of this? I've With, seen it. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Russell as Santa Kurt Claus, Russell. and you know, Christmas magic. Let's uh, believe, and everything will be okay, type of deal. But it's just like she starts quoting it. She starts telling me things about it, and I'm smiling and nodding like I've seen it. But it's just like, oh my gosh, I cannot stand this. I I do my best to be supportive and you know encourage her to watch what she wants to watch. But I will just fake that I've actually watched most of it. It's it's unbearable. Like a lot of the stuff they pump out for kids. There's that. Um, there's one called Yesterday with Jennifer Garner. It's just like oh. <laughs> I, I I feel like these are just cash grabs that these celebrities do in order to I don't know fund a new car or something. But it's awful movies that kids will watch on repeat. Uh, we also watched recently uh, the Ghostbusters um, Afterlife. And, you know, I, I, I'm supportive of it because it gets kids into Ghostbusters. You know, eventually she'll dig back and watch the older movies, but it's a, it's a fine line between trying to figure out what's actually good that I want them to watch or what uh, they just want to watch anyway. So... You know, in my long rant here, I'm just going to say I try to encourage her in what she wants to watch and not be a dick about any of the things that I think are shitty. But at the same time, behind her back, I'm going to talk shit about it. <laughs> Sorry for cursing. Yeah, that's OK. I have one as well. And it's uh, Mike Myers in Cat in the Hat. And uh, of course, oh. we read all the books and that's the, the books have been fantastic. We extend that to film now and we sit down and we attempt to watch that and oh i've heard it several times three four times now but i want to gouge my eyes out i'm sorry to be so graphic but <laughs> my kid my kid loves it and he'll never know that i hate it but it's okay you guys can be graphic and swear the kids aren't watching or listening <laughs> <laughs> that's what you think or yeah actually i don't know you guys have your cameras off so i don't know if there's kids there <laughs> 
I don't know how idealistic I'm being as a younger parent where I I feel like there's certain kids movies that I like the story of and I want to push her to watch certain things but like if I'm tired and the kid wants to watch something that I don't care about and I don't like like at what point do you just get tired and say okay go watch that movie for the 15th time I'm not there yet so I'm going to defer to the <laughs> to you guys there is there is a little bit of uh, built-in babysitting happening there, um, you know, in the stages where they're too young to be helping cook or prepare for dinner or whatever. You put on something, hopefully educational, but unfortunately sometimes mindless, and it definitely occupies their their attention. Um, it's just a shame that they're not always learning a lesson out of it. <laughs> We're on uh, again. We get a lot of mileage out of our uh, Disney Plus. We're on High School Musical and Teen Beach Movie. So it's it's unbearable. Like, let me just say, though, that the soundtrack from the Disney zombie movies, Zombie 1, 2, and 3, is amazing. Like, this is good stuff that I listen to after I drop my daughter off and just keep it playing in the car anyway. But um, all the other High School Musical stuff... Sure, go watch it while we make dinner. Go ahead while I have to fold laundry. Sure, go ahead, enjoy. I just don't want to have to hear it again. <laughs> it's no Moana is what you're saying. Oh, not even close. <laughs> <laughs> I like, um, there's a few that I, I, I was thinking of, like, in the future, what I would like my daughter to watch um, in terms of, like, what has a good good lesson um, and then conversely, like which ones I don't really, maybe I didn't really understand what the lesson was like Moana is kind of borderline. I think it was like respect for your family and respect for the environment kind of thing. If I, that was, that was the point of Moana, right? I mean, I really just care about the songs in that one and, uh, um, the rocks, uh, you're welcome singing. You're welcome. <laughs> um, and the crab singing in the oh, David the, oh Bowie my, style. Yes. Like, that, what better way I, to introduce kids to David Bowie than <laughs> an impersonation by Jermaine? Yes, that was actually that. There were a lot of that, obstacles. Which one? What was that? In that? Moana. Oh, yeah. In Moana, yeah. She was presented with a lot of uh, negativity yeah. when she tried to get across oh, the, the ocean, and she didn't give up. She true. persevered. Okay, she maybe I was thinking too deep into it. That's also, I guess, part of the lesson. That's Man, Many themes. Yeah, okay. Um, and then, but then I, I was thinking of like, uh, turning red is one where I think would be, would be good. Cause what I remember, I mean, I didn't get, I didn't see the whole thing, but I know at the very end it had to do with like the, the girl relating to her mother and like the, like whatever your, your mother, like how, how she is with you is kind of like how her mother is with her. And it's like just the whole family thing. I thought that was really nice. Um, and it's just a good movie in general. I, I thought um, about turning red a few times, like since uh, my daughter was born, because the dad in that movie is like a a non character. He's just like a background guy who's <laughs> avoiding every argument, and like that's come up a few times. I'm like, oh, am I becoming that type of dad? Like, should I be, you know, putting in a little bit more effort? But I think like he does build out more of a character as it goes on. But like, yeah, I think we are a bit spoiled in the fact that like 
Pixar makes kids movies these days because when I think about some of the the lessons that you have with Pixar and even some of the other animation studios these days, like there's actually good lessons with a lot of them. Whereas I think back on some of like the the classic fairy tales based on like the Grimm stories, like your Cinderella's, <laughs> your Beauty and the Beast. And I'm like, I, I don't know if I want her to be listening to those stories as much, especially like from a yeah. female perspective. Well, even the new ones that are like when they did the like the live action for I don't know I'll use uh, Mulan as an example. Like I think I just don't like it because I didn't like the movie, but I also don't remember there really being any uh, lesson to it. It just maybe like be a strong and independent person. I think I don't know. I by the end I didn't really care. I was mad. I was more mad and distracted that there was no Mushu. So I, I don't remember anything else from the end, but it was very, it was very generic and not, uh, I don't think I, uh, I would take a lesson away from that. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think I want her to see too many stories where it's just like, oh, you just got to be a badass because it's like, no, <laughs> I want her to see stuff that's like, it's okay to have weakness and this is how you deal with it. Whereas like some of this stuff, like if, if there's too simple of a moral, it's almost like a bad moral in and of itself. Yeah, having gone through the whole Disney princess phase, like we're <laughs> we're through it now. We are definitely hardcore to Barbie, but it's frustrating that it's just like, okay, princess, let's get the prince to rescue. And it's just like, damn it, why can't we get a kid's version of Furiosa, right? Like <laughs> when when it became like when we got to Wreck It Ralph, it's just like, okay, this is exactly what we want to see. A little girl who has some sort of you know, I'm not going to say disability, but just uh, n special need and disadvantage. disadvantage and just destroys the competition, you know, like it, it, it's fantastic. And it was fun that that uh, this little girl kicked that much ass and in a fun way without having to resort to that damn prince. It's, it, it, you know, <laughs> like be, one thing being a father has changed me in is um, being super sensitive to female lead characters in movies today. Like, uh, after she was born is when uh, Rogue One came out. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, here we go. You know, like, every single female character is even more important to me now because it's definitely going to help shape who my kid could potentially be, right? Like, me and my brother watched Rocky Four when we were kids and immediately we were trying to do sit-ups and push-ups because we're like, <laughs> you know, Rocky now. So now who knows? My daughter can be a real Jedi because she's seen it. It's something that's out there. It's something that supports that idea. Yeah. But Ray's a Mary Sue and she like, she's a sh shitty character and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> well, to be I... honest, we did have her checked uh, on her midichlorian count and it was just... <laughs> Not high enough, so I guess we don't qualify. <laughs> yeah, no, even before, like, have it, because, I mean... Is that I, a mud blood? Is that what that is? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, even being, like, two or three months in, even before, like, having my my daughter, I, I hated all those things about, like, just the, the hate around, um, like, the strong, strong female character. Like, Captain Marvel, like, say what you want about the movie, but, like, a lot of hate is around, I don't know, Brie Larson specifically and like just the character and having a female lead. And then there's like Ray and um, I don't know, 
Star Wars is really bad for this, actually, now that I think about it. Um, Star Wars and Marvel. I think that there's uh, a, a bit of a pattern there. But, um, yeah, I completely agree, Stephen. I feel like I'm still on the fence a little bit about that because I, I get what you're saying, Stephen, around, you know, sometimes even if the character's not good, just having a good role model out there for someone to be like, okay, I relate to this character, whatever. I also don't think that we should hold back legitimate criticism for characters just because they're female it's like you yeah. can have a reasonable amount of crit like i i agree with paul what you're saying that like i think the marvel and star wars fan base is way too reactionary to the point where it's just like oh this is a woman i'm just gonna hate on it like it's just it's yeah. kind of weird at this point um but i also don't just like i wouldn't automatically like ray as a character just because i have a daughter it's like okay, it's good that generally there are female characters out there, but that's like a pretty low bar to just say we should have female characters. It's like okay, that's oh yeah, that's the baseline. Now let's have some you know mixture of good characters, and then yeah, if it's a movie that's targeted to children, you know, uh, similar to the character uh, I think Vanellope in uh, Wreck It Ralph, like yeah, she's kind yeah. of a Mary Sue. She's just like automatically good at everything. It's like okay, it's a kids movie. That's fine. Yeah, I think the the key is separating the criticism of the movie itself with from the fact that the character is a woman, <laughs> which I think is easy for us to do because we're not insane. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> I have a question for you guys. Do you have a movie that you definitely want your child to love the same way you love is there that one movie where it's just like yeah like if they dig this i think i've done all right as a parent <laughs> uh i don't know rush hour maybe <laughs> <laughs> uh no that's not my real answer but it's up there i gotta think about this one so it's I would relate this to uh I, I was not the biggest harry potter fan growing up like i i watched them I didn't, I maybe read like one or two books, but I watched the movies, they're okay. I was at like kind of that appropriate age to watch them. Um, my wife is more interested in them than I am. Um, and so we've ended up kind of bonding on that. Like we have Lego sets, we've done some movie marathons on Harry Potter. We're actually playing uh, Hogwarts Legacy together right now. And so it's like, I like, even though Harry Potter is not my favorite franchise, I'm glad that we were able to bond over a movie series. And so... For me, it's less about like my daughter. I don't. It would be nice if she was into to Star Wars and Marvel and DC and those type of things, like the, the series that I like. But I hope she is into something that I can also enjoy. That's not like because like Frozen or Minions. Like I'm not gonna get super passionate about that. But I hope <laughs> by the time she's a teenager, I can share something, and I'm willing to like meet her halfway to get there. It's not like you have to watch Star Wars and we need to enjoy this together. It's like. Do your own thing. I hope I've like my influence has rubbed off on you in some way. Yeah, I mean, for Star Wars as an example, I I, I hope for the best there as well. But I'm I think I'm already resigned to the fact that she may not like Star Wars the same way I do. Um, I mean, I have like a, a infant Star Wars like ABC book or like a just a hundred words of Star Wars with like cute little pictures. And I tried to read that to her last night, and she just immediately started crying. So <laughs> it, it doesn't bode well. Uh, I'm actually going to jump forward in our agenda. I was going to plan this for later, but I think this is appropriate timing. Um, so I collected some dates on some movies. 
uh, because I was thinking about what movies I want to introduce my daughter to, and I was starting to realize how old these movies are going to be to her. And so I put some movies, like a list of movies of um, recent movies that have come out and what would be the equivalent age, like a movie that would come out when I was born. So my daughter was born in 2021. I was born in 1989. So first example of this, Dune came out in 2021. The original Batman movie came out in 1989. So Dune to her is basically what the 1988-89 Batman movie is to me. So that's what I'm doing, but I have... I have a few other movies I'm going to list off for you, and, and we're all going to feel very old by the end of this. Um, <laughs> so Avengers Endgame 2019 uh, will be as old to her as 1987 Lethal Weapon was to me. Iron Man coming out in 2008 will be as old to her as the original A New Hope Star Wars movie was to me. Oh, shit. Which is making me feel very old. Um <laughs> Harry Potter will be as old to her as the Godfather series was to me. Wow. <laughs> Phantom Menace will be as old to her as the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, 1984 Ghostbusters will be as old to her as Singing in the Rain to me. <laughs> 1952. And then the original Star Wars A New Hope will be as old to her as It's a Wonderful Life, which came out in 1945. <laughs> So I was looking at like, those dates at and I'm end like, of World War II. <laughs> yeah. so there's a good chance she may not want to watch any of these movies uh, <laughs> because they will be a little old for her. Well, hold on. To be fair. Well, I don't know. Some of these still hold up like the, the difference, though, like the time difference. Sure. But the visually, I don't like things that are the old, like that old. For, that are going to be that old for them, for our kids, like still look okay. If you're like, for example, if you're comparing a new hope <laughs> to Avengers Endgame, right? Like, I think that's going to hold up. Uh, like how much better is the animation or like CGI going to get over the next 10, 20 years? Like it can't get that much better. Um, I mean, AI is kind of, I guess maybe that's uh, <laughs> as good as it's going to get. But still, like, I, I think it'll hold up. Like, even thinking back to when I grew up on the prequels and then I went back and watched the original trilogy, sure, they seemed a little, like, dated, but I think the visually it wasn't as bad it, or it wasn't so bad for me to for me to be removed or not like it. So I, I'm holding out hope, especially considering how good things have looked for the last, like, 20, 30 years. <laughs> I, I forgot how kind of gross and dirty A New Hope looked. I actually watched it. Uh, <laughs> so last Friday, my wife got me tickets to Star Wars in concert. So we watched A New Hope and there was like 5,000 people in the audience, including a bunch of kids. And like, I was watching it and I was like, do kids still, do they still like this? Because like, compare <laughs> that to what Marvel looks like these days. And like, I mean, people were still having a good time, although you know, it could have been the, the parents that were actually doing all the cheering. But it's like, people seem to still like it even though like yeah looks wise graphics wise there's a big difference i don't think practical kids... effects never go out of style <laughs> <laughs> i don't think kids care at all about the original four five and six right like we went to disneyland last year and everything is like ray and the new crew like it like it doesn't exist 
same thing we went to Universal Studios and all Jurassic Park stuff is Chris Pratt Jurassic Park. Like it's <laughs> it's there, but it's if people catch on to it, it's cool, but it's not like it's a focus of uh of marketing or or continued support. But it's weird How with Star you... Wars because they keep bringing back those old characters. And so it's like, kids know Darth Vader. They don't know the <laughs> movies that Darth Vader was actually in. They just know about this uh, character that keeps coming back that their parents like. I don't know. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> actually, and I was going to switch, go back to uh, to Jurassic Park. How do you like? How do you focus more on Chris Pratt Jurassic Park than original Jurassic Park in like <laughs> in terms of theme? Because like maybe the his clothes, but like it's all just dinosaurs, right? Buffness, I guess. Buffness buff. counts for a lot. <laughs> I don't know. Jeff Goldblum was pretty buff in uh, <laughs> in the first one. And again, speaking of Jurassic Park, like those effects, for example, that's that's what like 1993. 1993, whoa, uh, two, three, right. four, whatever. Google it, let's see who's right. Okay. Dubs, you want to know a, a guess in here without Googling? I'm watching your eyes. <laughs> I think he's right. I think I'll it is 93. 93. It's a 1993 American science fiction, 93 till infinity. All right. I, re I remember that because the Toronto Raptors were named such because of Jurassic Park. Um. On a personal level, it was the last. It was one of the last movies I saw in a movie theater with my parents, so that's why I remember that. <laughs> oh, it's nice. <laughs> On theme. What was I saying? Oh, Jurassic Park. Yeah, looks like as good as anything else back in the day. Yeah, for I sure. I saw this at release before I was supposed to be in a theater, and my babysitter brought me in there, and we got a seat <laughs> in the front row the literal front row. And so my neck was dead by the end of that. But it's the first movie I think I technically snuck into. <laughs> Jurassic Park, like the original one? The OG. Wow. Because that would have made that... me 10. Right? And it didn't freak you out? Oh, it Like did. being so close to those dinosaurs? <laughs> what I saw. Yeah, left an impression. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. No, uh, no Jurassic Park before the age of ten. That'll probably be scarring. Um, on that note, um, it's completely random, um, and I'm also opening up a, a window for for Stephen to bring up one of his favorite movies. But um, one of the movies that I remember. So I used to go to um, a library when I was a kid all the time, um, and we'd order. We'd order. We'd. <laughs> borrow vhs's um from the library um and it was just the most random selection of movies one of them was rodan i don't know if any if everyone's familiar with rodan it's uh like a a, a pterodactyl basically it's like it's a kaiju yeah. uh from the universe of godzilla um and i had no idea what this was i just knew that the cover looked amazing it looked so cool there's a pterodactyl on it there's like fighter jets or whatever and um, I watched it, and like the first twenty to thirty minutes, I was so scared. I don't think I could finish <laughs> it. There was like I, I just remembered giant bugs for some reason, like giant ants, which I hated. Number one, and then number two, there was like a scene where a fighter pilot was like, um, like following Rodan, and then it just like turned and like crashed into him. And I remember him screaming and 
the next shot was like his bloody helmet <laughs> on a table. And I was like, I'm done. I can't, I can't watch this. I was so excited and I can't do it. I'm sorry. But um, I don't remember how I got to that. Uh... <laughs> I'm going to take that random segue into another random segue and just tell tell the story, which is honestly one of those things where it's, it's changed like my dynamic with my own dad. So in 1988, for my uh, birthday party, we all met up at a KFC, had lunch, and then went back to my house to watch a movie. And that was the plan for my birthday party. So me and uh, all my dudes, uh, we were grade four at the time. Um, we're all in my living room, and my dad comes out, and he's like, all right, guys, who wants to watch a movie? And we're like, yeah! And like we had no <laughs> idea what what he had in store for us. And my dad comes downstairs and is like, all right, let's watch Bloodsport. And we <laughs> lost our goddamn minds. We watched uh, Bloodsport start to finish. Like between like all my friends, our age, this was the first time that we've all seen Bloodsport. So it's like one of those things that we've all carried with us through the years. And, you know, we watched this hyper-violent martial arts tournament. We watched Jean-Claude Van Damme fall in love overnight with a news reporter and, you know, <laughs> fight all adversity through karate. And, of course, we <laughs> set, up a, set up a ring immediately after, had our own kumite, and uh, people left my birthday party crying. But uh, <laughs> like it, it, it was just, like, the coolest... Like, in my mind, that's, like, the coolest thing my dad's ever done is... Rent blood sport for a bunch of grade four kids birthday party. <laughs> it 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 makes me think about exactly. <laughs> it may it, it it helps guide my decisions in what I think my daughter can handle. In you know, like, it, she is into Back to the Future now, and it's a hundred percent my fault, and I'll <laughs> take the blame for that. It's all good. See, this is the kind of father that I want to be. <laughs> That I aspire to be. I wasn't sure if that was going into a good story or like not a good story, but uh, it's a good segue into uh, my next segment, which I have a list of other R-rated movies. Um, the timing might morph it to like me and Paulo, but what I wanted to go through was when did you watch these R-rated movies for the first time? And when would you let your kid watch them for the first time? Because that may or may not be the same answer. Um, so the first one I'll come up with is The Matrix. Technically a R-rated movie. Uh, I'll start with this one because I think I actually watched it when I was 11. It was probably the first R-rated movie because I was 10 when it came out and I watched it pretty soon after that. Um, and I don't know, like, it's not, it's R, but it's not like violent R. And it's a really good movie. So like, I think 11 is probably a little bit young for what I would want my water, my daughter to be watching it. But like, not that much older. I mean, I'm I'm inclined to agree. It's like for an action movie, there's it's there's not a lot of like blood or gore. It's kind of clean action ish. There's no, it's not really any swearing in it, but it is pretty violent. So I think eleven is fine. Um, I, I don't really have any concerns about my daughter going out and like finding a gun or anything because we live in Canada. So um, I think that's okay. 
I, I don't remember when I watched it, though. Probably around the same age as you, Carson. I think Bloodsport, or The Matrix to me, was probably what Bloodsport was to Stephen. Like, I watched that movie, <laughs> I wanted to put on a trench coat, I wanted to jump in the air and kick someone in the face. <laughs> that was my first DVD, The Matrix. Oh, <laughs> I, I would, I, you know, I have a boy, so I think, uh, I feel like I might be slightly more lenient, because this is kind of already up our alley with sort of sci-fi theme, but maybe finish in my mind sounds like an okay age there is a scene that would worry me in particular where you know is learning to jump across the two skyscrapers <laughs> and i wouldn't i wouldn't want to get their own ideas put in his head so you know use caution that is um that is a very good point i think though 10 10 years old is probably the age where you realize you can't do that right no so. <laughs> yeah <hope> so. like <laughs> okay. so I was 19 when The Matrix came out, um, and fun fact, I chose not to see it in the theater because I chose to see Phantom Menace three times instead. Um, <laughs> Only three? <laughs> three um, was enough. The pod race runs a little too long. Um, but yeah, so I saw The Matrix at 19. Uh, my daughter, who's seven and a half, I, like if, it, if, if I'm watching it, I'm not going to change the channel. I'll let her watch it and let her decide because hey, seven and a half, she knows what's real, what's not. And if she's going to jump off a building, well, that's her bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Should have known better. <laughs> uh, Try again with the next one. <laughs> no exaggeration. I watched The Phantom Menace in theaters 20 times. There you go. Uh, cheap <laughs> Tuesday. We could go see movies for two bucks. I saw it all. That was summer. the. The beginning of Carson. Um, I think the first movie that I ever watched more than once in the theater was Armageddon. What? Yeah. Big Aerosmith in the theater. Uh, song? <laughs> yep, yep. That's the one. Very, very emotional when uh, when Harry Stamperd uh, takes uh, Ben Affleck's place. Um, another father figure. Yeah, big dad move Staying right on there, topic. right? <laughs> Huge. Um, yeah, that was um, that. Uh, I really loved that movie. And then I remember, this is going way off topic, but like, um, I remember there was like a kind of a fight or between Armageddon and Deep Impact because they came around came out around the same time, and I was like, what is what the hell is this stupid movie with an <laughs> asteroid? There's no there's no explosions in this one. There's no um motorcycle chases and and oil drilling roughnecks <laughs> get out of here with your science <laughs> your heart don't only literally has race room a vehicle on the surface yeah the what don't they literally race a vehicle on the surface of the asteroid yep <laughs> <laughs> pretty extraordinary yeah yep you don't see that in uh, in deep impact in deep impact they don't even blow up the asteroid properly anyways Sorry, I'm I'm I keep going off topic here. <laughs> All right, next set of R-rated movies for you guys, and feel free to take whatever version of this movie came out when you were at around ten or so. Uh, but I'm going to say um, American Pie slash Super Bad slash that type of movie. Uh, what was the first like R-rated version that you Ooh. watched, and like when would you let your kid watch it? So really quick, you feel like Super Bad, like today is kind of. Do you think people would find it problematic? 
Because it was all cool when it came out. It was hilarious. But considering, I don't know, it's like, it's about these two guys trying to get their dates drunk and so they can have sex with them. <laughs> well, not There's their dates. There's a lot of movies like, that don't age well that I think people look back and being like, well, this movie yeah. came out so long ago. That's kind of how it was. Like, I think it but can I be super bad is the suit is the most recent one of those. Cause like, sure. There's like Ace Ventura with, uh, Einhorn is a man and that, but that's like a really long time. Well, it's a long time ago, but the super bad is like what? 2007, 2006. Somewhere around Holy there. shit. That's still a really long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> like you can't get away with revenge of the nerds anymore. Like those days are done. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of movies where like people can still enjoy them but be like, well, you can't make this movie today. But I can still enjoy it yeah. cuz it's okay. It came out 15 years ago or something. <laughs> so then, yeah, okay. I guess we'll go back to your question. Assuming... I'm going to just say, sorry. I'm I'm just going to say high school age, you know, they're around that kind of shit and as long as you're high school age like I'm if they wanted to see it in the theater in grade 8, no dice, but High school age, go for it. Like, we all knew stuff before we let our parents on, let, let our parents know that we knew stuff, right? Like, it's the Probably code of the streets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, high school age yeah. sounds right for super bad. What was the other one again? American Pie. American, oh, like American whatever Pie. Whatever other type of movie like that. Maybe a little later for that one. <laughs> that one's more, there's actual nudity in that one, isn't there? And he actually, like, fucks a pie. I don't remember that movie is, that well. Sexual innuendos throughout. I was 16 when that movie, the original movie, came out. And I think that would be the earliest that I would let a child watch it presently. Because, yeah, yeah. I mean, the political correctness aspect that kind of adds to my uh, hesitancy, I think. So, never mind the crass. <laughs> quick question so uh, this is between like two different perspectives because dubs you have a boy everyone else has girls um do you feel like it's safer to for something like american pie for example you feel more comfortable letting a girl watch that earlier than a boy or it, vice it's, versa it's still early for me to say because obviously she's two years old and there's like a lot of growth but like fair for a movie like that it almost like you watch that and be like, you need to watch out for men because they could be like this. Yeah. Whereas like a guy, like if you give it to your son, it's like, isn't it funny to be like that? So it's like, I think I know where you're coming from and I think I kind of agree. But again, my daughter's two years old, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So then let's let's turn it to the experts. <laughs> so um, I'll start by saying my wife is a ECE, early childhood educator. So we kind of have a leg up into not underestimating our kids, right? Like from day one, I it, it's been a cheat mode for me. Like I've been a good parent because my wife's a professional mom, right? Um, so we've been super transparent about sex, uh, what relationships are gonna be like, you know? So it being a girl or a boy doesn't dictate how we treat her. It's straight up human being with a democratic vote in our house. And so, you know, like we try to enforce it that if, if they watch something like American Pie and a dude's being shitty to a girl, 
it's not just a dude being shitty to a girl. It's why is that human just being shitty in person, right? Or at all. So trying to just really uh, level it that that shouldn't be a factor for the outcome of something else, right? It's if if a person is being a dick, they're being a dick regardless if they're a guy or girl. It's right. just unfortunate that girls are always more portrayed in that situation of vulnerability of that I'm going to get uh, attacked and that's the only function of the girl in that movie. Or You know what I mean? Like it's it's not enough representation of the positive side that just is. Anyway, girl, dad, <laughs> it, 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 it's difficult to navigate, but try our best. Uh, going back to uh, American Pie versus Superbad, though, Superbad also, I'd say I, I would prefer they watch Superbad because at least the way that they mention or acknowledge like the dudes relationships, right? Like it's the two dudes being best friends, caring mm-hmm. about each other and admitting that I'm going to miss you next year. American Pie has none of that. It's just <laughs> TNA old school 80s romp that's that that's a laugh and doesn't mean anything, but super bad. There's a nice message of bonding with your friends and I I think that's important. That's actually yeah, a really gonna, good point. I'm going to have to echo that that similarity right where american pie very treating women the absolute wrong way very a transactional approach we've got super bad where michael sarah's character is actually is pursuing somebody for a relationship and there's a little bit of focus and thought has gone into the process where in american pie it's yeah it's just you know you're on summer break or whatever the situation was so i would definitely in order to show my boy this movie i would definitely want to make sure that he's got a firm understanding of what is a relationship and what is love and those core concepts before you're showing them the wrong way to go about it you know right i guess that's like a good sign for our society that movies like those are based kind of the raunchy movies of their eras but 10 years apart and it's like good that society has progressed and you can notice that because <laughs> by the time the raunchy movie comes out when your kids are teenagers in what is that like six seven years or so or like when me and paulo's are in another like 15 years hopefully it will also be even better than super bad or like continuing that kind of progression you would hope yeah that's true i mean like do are there even was any fool's hope. <laughs> Are are there even any like what's the what's today's raunchy? Yeah, there comedy? are no comedies anymore that are. Yeah. Like, I mean, where they like, go? Maybe no hard feelings is one actually that I watched recently. I don't know if anyone knows, like Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Um, that one is. There's always a movie that comes out every year where people say it's super bad, but for this year. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because oh, a few book years smart. ago, yeah, I was gonna say book smart, but then there's another one this year. And I'm trying, I actually have it on my computer. I just forget what it's called. I've been meaning to watch it at some point. Uh, but it's where Marshawn Lynch plays the gym teacher at a high school. Uh, it's called Bottoms, and it's about, like, two lesbian friends. And it's been called, oh, like, yeah. this year's Super Bad. Um, I haven't watched it yet, so I don't know if it's any better or worse than It's Superbad, on Amazon but... Prime. Yeah. When I said it was on my computer, I meant, yeah, I have it queued up on Amazon Prime, and I'm going to totally oh. watch it legally at some point. <laughs> Yeah, that's sure. <laughs> um, okay. But going back to Booksmart, I just want to shout out Booksmart again. I always, every time it comes up, I just give it props because I love that movie. And that would be a good one that I I would 
like my daughter to watch around the age of. Uh, I don't know, actually. One was the first time you saw male nudity in the theater. <laughs> in a theater? <laughs> That's got to be extremely rare. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I, I watched that for that. the I first can't... time like a few months ago. Oh, for the first time? I hadn't seen it, no. Damn. But forgetting... Have you seen it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. But Jason yeah. Siegel? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That shrinking TV show is great. I mean, I assume that your question is around like full frontal male nudity because there's a lot of like <laughs> male butts in movies. And I'm sure there's oh, other yeah, examples that's of true. that. No, I'm talking Wang. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, that's not the theater. I was thinking of Life of Brian, but that was at home. Uh, I like that everyone's collectively thinking about wieners right now. <laughs> I think uh, we did it, guys. So, so we many, did it. So many wieners going through my head right now. Uh, the only one that I can think of in theaters is actually the one that I took you to, Paulo, uh, which is the Outlaw <laughs> King, where you see uh, Chris oh, Pine. Yeah. But that's the only hmm. one that I can remember in theater. That was my introduction to Florence Pugh. Um. Are you re are you ready to? <laughs> oh, this is this is all going in, by the way. What? <laughs> You've been recording? Oh, I've been recording since we got. Like, I will either edit the start oh, of that shit. conversation or the start of the next conversation. <laughs> so. We'll oh see. man. We'll see how I okay. feel during the editing process. <laughs> you know what? I'm fine with it. I approve. Yeah, all the all the hanging dong that we are we're thinking about. Uh, so I had a couple more R-rated movies on this list. Um, I, I guess we've gone through like action horror, which is the Matrix. I was going to talk about Terminator 2, which is really the same action, but a little bit more violent. Um, but the ones that I'll bring up, and again, whatever movie of this is time appropriate for you, um, either The Exorcist or Blair Witch, what <laughs> was your first like horror movie that left an image? I know we talked about that a little bit, but like, when do you think it's okay for your kid to watch one of those? So I wouldn't even watch those myself. Um, Blair Witch, maybe. I will. I have to this day. I've not seen The Exorcist, and unless my daughter comes home one day and she's like, "Daddy, I really want to watch The Exorcist," I'm not going to. It's never going to come up. <laughs> so Blair Witch came out when I was maybe 19 or 20, and saw it in the theater. And it was at that time still when there was like the, oh, it's real. <laughs> so that that rustled my jimmies for a while. Just, just you know, uncomfortable and it sticks with you. And that's the kind of stuff that I will wait as long as possible for my daughter to get into. I'm not going to introduce it to her because I really don't like horror anyway, right? Like, I'm easily scared all the time. Um <laughs> Last, a couple nights ago, I was watching Ancient Aliens, and something got into my head, and I immediately <laughs> had to go to the bedroom because I was just like, can't be by myself thinking about that. But it's uh, the stuff that sticks with you, yeah, take her time. No rush to that. That being said, though, um, my daughter, and this has been happening for a few years now, is when we watch movies, she picks up on the musical cues like, that's the main movie itself. So once you get those tones of, like, something bad's going to go down, she will 
go into panic mode and be like, oh, I got to go to my room and check out something. She, she won't admit that she's getting scared, but she reacts to the musical cues in the movie a lot more than the movie itself sometimes. So that's something keep an eye out for when uh, your kid's getting into it, because that's really helping them direct how they're supposed to feel in that situation, right? So, oh, interesting. Maybe a bit of a random question for you guys. Do you ever remember your parents watching like a, a movie that you weren't allowed to watch when you were growing up and like trying to listen to it or anything? I remember <laughs> my parents renting Black Hawk Down when I was <laughs> eight years old, maybe. And I remember being in my room trying to listen to everything because there was a lot of swearing. And I, was, I just remember hearing like, oh, my God, there's so many gunshots in this movie. I want to watch this. And still to this day, I have not watched Black Hawk Down. What? Um, but that's my most vivid recollection of my parents watching something that I wasn't allowed to watch. So you've never seen that movie? No. It's, I, I should watch it at some point, but I'm not particularly motivated. If, if nothing else, you should watch it just to see everyone that's in it that you would recognize. Yeah. That's yeah. the fun uh, game that I do. Yeah. Um, to answer your question, I remember my mom getting really mad at my dad for renting There's Something About Mary uh, <laughs> when I was, I want to say, maybe nine or eight. Um and I tried to watch it with them. I didn't even know what was happening. I didn't get anything of I didn't get any of the jokes, but my mom was still mad and I was kicked out of the room. <laughs> For me it's definitely Hollow Man, Event Horizon. Those oh. I think they happen around the same period as Blair Witch, like late nineties. But yeah, those ones gave me nightmares for months. And you know, I would have been probably late teens, so I shouldn't have been that scared, but yeah, those are movies that will be waiting a long time to be showing any any other family. No, Event Horizon was definitely horrifying. I will never recommend that to anyone. <laughs> yeah, the ones where they get into your head. Actually, both those, Hollow Man and uh, mm-hmm. Horizon, are a little more psychological horror. Yeah. And that, yeah, you know you're home safe if the doors are locked, <laughs> but it still unsettles you. Yeah. I think maybe I come from a little bit different perspective when it comes to like whether or not my kids should be allowed to watch something. When I think back on it, I did watch a lot of like R-rated movies when I was probably too young, but I was also later than all of my friends and I always like couldn't like they would always be making jokes or talking about this cool movie that they watched and I was like kind of an outsider. And so like part of me as a dad doesn't want my kid to be like an outsider socially. Like I want them to like watch things, but I also come from that perspective of like, yeah, maybe I don't want her watching, you know, Hollow Man when she's 14 or something like that. <laughs> um, but I guess we'll see when scary I get Scary movie. Yeah. Yeah. When I was growing up, I couldn't watch like Power Rangers. I wasn't allowed to watch because apparently that was too violent. Uh, Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to watch, but I guess that was for the best because one time me and my brother snuck watching Ninja Turtles when my parents went out grocery shopping and then we reenacted it and my brother kicked me into a TV and I had to go to the ER to get stitches in my head. So <laughs> turns out my parents were right about that one. Kicked you into the TV. Yeah, still this day, like if I get my hair cut too short, there's like a little gap in the back of my head um, where like the hair doesn't grow because it's just scarred. And this was back when TVs were like a piece of furniture, you know, yeah. like a big wooden box. So, yeah. 
it's because they denied it. It became so forbidden, which made the, the <laughs> exactly. karate kick even that more powerful. Yeah. The excitement, the, the built-up excitement put all the power into that kick. It's like the second you go over to your friend's house and they're allowed to watch Power Rangers, it's like, guess what? We're watching Power Rangers because we can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's like Starship Troopers. When I went to my friend's house, that was uh, <laughs> that was a coming-of-age moment for sure. There's a lot of giggling and hiding under a blanket. <laughs> What's next on the list, Carson? So the final segment that we wanted to talk about was uh, not watching movies from the perspective of being a dad, but dads in movies. So what are some of the good dads and bad dads that you see out there? Uh, and maybe what type of dad or character you would emulate or you, you hope to aspire to be, um, I guess, as a dad role model out there? Maybe I'll start off with a bad one. Uh, Shaft as a dad was a was a pretty bad one. I don't know if anyone even watched that movie, but uh, I assume you're referring to the Son of Shaft or some movie that just came out recently. It wasn't. Re it was maybe like five years ago, but it's basically Shaft. Yeah, Samuel L. Jackson and um, the guy Je uh, Jesse T. Usher. He's um, A Train in um, uh, the Boys. He was playing the son of Shaft, and that's all I remember about that movie. <laughs> also, that Shaft is clearly a bad father. Shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll go off the board, and I think, Stephen, you were bringing up this point before we started recording, but Wes Anderson dads. Um, there's a, a topic about them being bad dads a lot, but it's kind of a weird thing because there's maybe not the entire character, but there's certain elements of some of the characters in Wes Anderson's dad characters that I almost want to emulate. Uh, like for example, Royal Tenenbaums, there's a, a scene where Royal, uh, takes out his grandkids because, uh, Ben Stiller's kids are, are living in too sterile of an environment. So he takes them out, he takes them to like a cockfight and then they like run across the street when it's stuff like that kind of sticks into my head a little bit as a dad of like, you got to teach your kids to have a little bit of danger. Like, teach them the real world. Um, and then little elements of Steve Zizou, whether or not he's actual dad, but he's like a father figure of actually, I can't remember what part of him I wanted to emulate, but there's always like <laughs> these characters are not just stereotypical good or bad. There's like, okay, maybe overall they're bad, but there's like these little things where I could understand where they're coming from. And I could say, okay, there's an argument to be made that these could be positive dad traits, even though they're portrayed poorly. So I think I'm I'm on the fence about Wes Anderson bad dads. <laughs> well, the thing about Royal, especially in that scene uh, with the grandkids, is especially true. Which I'm sure we, as fathers, have had this moment where we figure out that our dad clearly loves our our own kid, their grandchild, more than they ever loved us. They care about this grandchild more than any other moment in my entire life. Everything that was strict and uh, reserved for us is an open game for my, my daughter. So Royal Tannenbaum treating them completely different, even at that stage, is completely true in real life, right? So in that sense, it, 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 it really makes me feel that, you know, Royal's a piece of shit, but 
he meant well. He wanted to mean well. He he just didn't have the ability to 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 express it properly, and that's just the the way that I, I see that. But with uh, with with, with uh, Steve Zissou, I I genuinely like the effort that he puts in at the end. There are those moments where it, exactly that. It's not about the expression that he's doing on the camera for the documentary they're filming. He genuinely loves Ned as a son. But has anyone checked on Wes Anderson? Like, does he, this guy need a hug? Because it, it, it's just rampant from every movie. And for me, I have two brothers. And Darjeeling Limited hit close to home. My dad is still with us, so it's not that we're fighting over his stuff. But as a dad... I see the impact that I'm leaving on my own daughter. You know, it's stuff that you never thought you'd think about, but ended up thinking about at this age in this situation. But I find that I can't let go of my own dad's stuff now, you know? Like, I have a sweater of my dad. And again, my dad's still with us, but I should have got rid of the sweater 10 years ago, but it's taking up space in the closet because it's my dad's sweater. And fuck it. If someone's going to keep it, I'm going to keep it. So it... It's just weird coming to terms that even though we all may still feel like teenagers or we still feel like that person who we are inside, we have to jump now into that dad, protective mode, being that influence, being that source of enjoyment. And damn it, we're role models. Who wants to be that, right? (laughs) I I think there's a difference between being an effective dad and being a well-liked dad because going back to Royal Tenenbaum and I know it's just a story. So obviously like the logic doesn't matter, but like all of his kids were very successful and it's like, maybe he taught them the life lessons that contributed to their success or like pushed them in the right direction. Obviously they all had a bunch of like mental health issues. So like maybe not good in the long run, but it's like, I, I feel like that's sort of the theme that comes through in, some of Wes Anderson's stuff is like, these dads are not well-liked, they're flawed, they're screwed up, but it's like, maybe they mean well and maybe they are teaching a lesson at, at some degree that is effective. Um, I don't know whether that holds any credence or not, but... Anyway. Quick question for Dubs. Um, are you like me when they start talking about Wes Anderson and you kind of <laughs> just like your eyes glaze over a little bit <laughs> which is which is funny because we a had a whole episode yeah, around I've, Wes Anderson I've never been good with you know tracking directors and what films they produce I mean maybe for the mainline <laughs> stuff but yeah this is where this is uh, showing it's not my wheelhouse as Ben Ball would say <laughs> it's okay we're um, I'm right there with you but I mean yeah. you guys are making great points keep it up <laughs> you, you're gonna see through my example how surface level my uh, appreciation as i guess <laughs> go on sorry could continue <laughs> oh sure great you can't wait for it i know uh, <laughs> right so in the vein of you know the toddler the preteen sort of bracket finding nemo you know stands out as a, a fairly wholesome one but the fact that the father uh himself learns and becomes a little more introspective about his style and um, letting go and letting someone else learn and not 
be so prescriptive uh, is important. You know, I've read books about being a helicopter parent and all, you know, you run the gamut of your styles with your children, but it's important to let them do their own learning sometimes. And, and I feel like through that movie, uh, both the child and the, the father do learn that lesson. I think that's an important lesson for kids. Like you talk about them seeing role models, like, um, Stephen, you're talking about, you know, strong female characters for them to see. I think it's also important for kids to see flawed parents in movies and like parents that haven't quite figured it all out and, and, you know, people that might screw up and then also learn and continue developing. Cause I feel like when I was growing up, like my dad was number one, perfect. And then you learn later in life, like, Oh, this guy's complete dirtbag. And it's like, that shouldn't happen as such like a grad, like a shocking moment. That should be like a, you should understand from at a young age that, you know, your parents are humans. They have flaws. They're learning. They're getting better. They're trying. Um, and so I like when I see examples like Finding Nemo and I forget there's another example. I can't remember now. Um, but just like, you know, seeing examples of parents who are, are still in the process of figuring it out because like that's what we're all doing. Like we're all just trying to figure this out as we go along. Yeah, that 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 moment when you when you realize that maybe there isn't such thing as a real grown-up maybe our parents were in the same boat that they were just trying to figure it out every day they didn't have a a plan and a script and stuck to it they were just winging it they just we just didn't know any better because i totally feel like i'm winging it i don't feel like this grown-up that i guess i guess i am responsible but you you know (laughs) it wasn't supposed to be this way i i I thought i was going to feel like a teenager forever but we got to put it on and be that dad. Do you, this is going to be, this, this might sound weird, but do you guys like being a dad? You guys are newer to the game. You know, like, how do you feel that dad has influenced your personality? It's weird for me because there's a lot that happened. I, I became parent right at near, well, not near the beginning, but like during COVID. And so my life went from living as like, a youngish single person in downtown Toronto to in the suburbs, five hours away from all my friends being a dad. And so like, there's a, like, I assume that this happens for everyone, but when you're a parent, a lot of your old lifestyle goes away. But for me, that was like multiplied because like, I couldn't play sports anymore. Like it's all way too far away. Like all my friends are gone. And so it's like, that was a very kind of shocking moment for me. And like, in the early days, it was like, okay, this is going to be tough for the first few years, and then you get through it. And I think two and a half years in, I'm finally at that point where I'm realizing, like, oh, my, my life changed, and it's not going back. Like, I'm a dad now. This is forever, even though, like, yes, as your kid gets older, things get easier. Like, it changes. It's always changing. But it's, I think I'm finally coming to terms with the fact that this is now my life. This is who I am. And I think that's when it got a lot better because I think I resented it at first to say, oh, I don't get to do all those things that I used to do. I don't get to play D&D with my friends. I don't get to go play sports. But it's now that I'm more embracing and accepting it, I think I'm starting to enjoy it more and kind of seeing the thing, like we're, we're approaching Christmas right now. And now you get to have that moment where you're preparing Christmas for your kid. You're setting those traditions that they're going to remember. And so I think I'm, starting to enjoy it more at this point. Uh, but yeah, it was fucking tough for the first like two years. So yeah. I, I think I'm, sacrifice. I'm, yeah. I'm like right where Carson, like just 
finished describing, like it's you're still kind of coming to terms with it. Like it's definitely a shock for what my life used to be versus what it is now. Uh, maybe on a smaller scale, because I'm still kind of like around. I get one hour a week to play sports still. So I can do some of those things. I have some balance. But even then, I'm like, damn, I don't get to do these things that I used to do. I don't get to see my friends and stuff like that. But it's I'm it's also I also feel like it's being accelerated because I'm realizing that uh, I don't know. It's I don't know. I just sinking in. It's, it's sinking in a, a little bit faster that I have to take care of a human like it's Mm -hmm. when you're looking at a baby i i don't really know what she's taking in so i don't really it almost she almost doesn't feel like a real person yet but at the same time i know it in my mind so like it's just kind of i don't know understanding that and uh and just going with yeah this is how things are now this is every everything's different and i don't mind it it's just it's not worse it's not it's just different <laughs> relating so back to movies have, now that you have that lens of being the dad right do do you have a perspective of let's say a movie that you've always seen or a character but now you could sympathize with the parent more than the kid or <clears throat> just you know like not tolerating some teen bullshit because you're the parent now H- have you had that moment yet so it's it's kind of weird because yes and no, this is maybe a different perspective, but sorry, this is another Wes Anderson reference, so Paul, sorry, Paul and Ben. Um, <laughs> in, in The Life Aquatic, Steve Zizou has a line when he finds out that he might be a dad where he says, I hate dads and I never wanted to be one. Never wanted and to I be think one. like that's, that's where I came in when I was younger. I had a very not good relationship with my dad. Um, and there was a part of me when I, at a certain point, I knew that I was going to have a kid and that I wanted to have a kid. And a lot of my motivation was coming in from the perspective that I need to do better. Like, of course, like he's a dirtbag. I'm not a dirtbag. So I can obviously do a lot better. And I think I'm slowly realizing my imperfections as a parent as I go through the experience of like, oh, you can't just be absolutely perfect all the time. And sometimes you're really tired and like you're not up to the standards that you've set for yourself. So for me, like reflecting back on the life aquatic and like the, the dad relationship, because for me, Steve Zizou is like a dad who doesn't want to be a dad and he, or like, he's not ready to be a dad <laughs> or he's not capable of being a dad, but he's doing it anyway and he's doing his best. And so like, that's where I kind of, I think going into being a parent, I kind of looked at the, you know, you see the characters as good or bad, black and white. Like you're either a good parent or you're a bad parent and you don't care. And I'm kind of more realizing a lot of there's a lot of people who are trying very hard, but they're so tired that sometimes you're just like, and that doesn't make you a bad parent. It doesn't mean that you're not caring or trying. And so I think I look at a lot of characters that I see in movies as a lot more gray. It's not just you're a good parent or a bad parent. It's like there's a lot of in between. You're showing up. That's the important thing, you know, being present. It's about interdependence for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. Between between them, and eventually, I guess you will learn independence. I haven't how, reached that stage myself. But. How long is that time, Dubs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll be waiting a while. I'm sorry, Paul. <laughs> For me, you know, um, I always uh, when we growing up, we moved around a lot, a lot, like 
every few years we moved around. We lived in uh, San Francisco, Vancouver, here, and a whole bunch of places around uh, the GTA. But um, I was always <coughs> thinking about my experience as Daniel LaRusso's experience in Karate Kid, right? From New Jersey to California, whole different life, new school and all that shit. But it was just like, fuck, can you believe that his mom was just, like, thinking about herself this whole time. Like, <laughs> Daniel's trying to get his life going. He's trying to make friends in the neighborhood, but got to pick up and move again. And now, as a parent, it's like, fuck you, Daniel. Your mom's doing her goddamn best. She <laughs> is working at a restaurant, and then she gets a job at a new computer company. I'm sorry, I can't play for karate right now, but... I'm doing my best. It's all about you anyway. So that's one of the, that's the experience where it's just like, yeah, parent, it's a, it's different. And it gives you that whole different perspective of I'm not the main character anymore. I'm the support for this other main character. The real main character. But, but at the same time, you, you slowly learn to, you know, keep hold of yourself and learn to, uh, integrate that into your new routine, right? You, you've got to find ways to express your personality and the things that you appreciate within that new dynamic. I, I think I haven't quite reached that level of humility where I'm ready to admit that I'm a side character because I'm sitting here two years <laughs> in, I'm like, I'm the main character. I'm still a main <laughs> character here. Um, but I, I see where you're coming from. But I, I think I keep telling myself right now, like, if you're a complete supporting character, you're also not teaching your kid the right things. And so I want my kid to see that I have hobbies and interests and passions and I'm pursuing them as a, again, we're all role models. So it's like, hey, here's a role model for you to go pursue your passions, however weird or whatever it is. This has been very educational for me. <laughs> <laughs> So I think, unless you guys have any other last points to make about dads, we can uh, wrap this up. And uh, as we always end our episodes, uh, again, I forgot to prepare you guys for this, but we end our episodes by saying, what is a movie coming out soon uh, that you are looking forward to? And while I give you guys 30 seconds to, to Google movies that are coming out soon, I will mention <laughs> that I am very much looking forward to Rebel Moon. Uh, part one, which is dropping on Netflix, I think in a week. Um, why am I looking forward to it? I don't know. It's probably going to be disappointing. It's clearly just a ripoff of Star Wars and Dune. Uh, but that said, <laughs> I'm stoked for it. I have told my wife and my sister-in-law that, you know, when it drops on Netflix, the lights in the entire house are going to go off. I don't want any noise. I want to watch this movie. <laughs> uh, I'm stoked for it. And I am ready to be disappointed. So... That's that's what's going to be happening for me next weekend. Nice. Oh, wait, it's next. It's coming out next weekend. I, it's either next weekend or Christmas weekend, but yeah, pretty soon. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't realize it was that soon. Um, I'll give you Dubs and Stephen a little more time as well, and I'll go next. Um, I'm looking forward to <laughs> Madame Web. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the trailer looks absolutely horrible, and it's I I laugh when I see it. Um, but I'm so excited to see it um, on the same in the same vein that I was excited to see uh, Morbius. Um, I think it's going to be the same uh, the same vibe, and I'm so excited. 
I'll jump in. Uh, Godzilla Kong, New Empire. Uh, it's going to be more kaijus fighting each other. And whatever happens in between those fights, I don't care. I just want to see them uh, fight. And then, of course, Furiosa. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Godzilla and Kong is probably a good one to watch with the sound off. For uh, for the for the toddlers for the for the newborns, I'm gonna hate that movie, but I'm still gonna watch it like the first chance <laughs> I get. So, okay, well, I hope I'll we gave you enough time. This from a couple. Oh, of course, I'll approach this from a couple <laughs> perspectives. My my son has shared with me he's anticipating the new Minions movie, uh, or <laughs> sorry, not Minions, Trolls. They they all blend together. <laughs> uh, and then there's a new. Um, uh, Kung Fu Panda, so he's up for that. Personally, movies that I'll probably have to watch without him for the uh, time being, Dune Part 2. Uh, of course, Godzilla, I've got to be waiting for that. Um, and then, yeah, Furiosa. I think there's a Planet of the Apes movie scheduled for yeah. next year as well. There is another one? Yeah. I feel like I'm really getting really behind on black blockbusters now that there's something other than Marvel movies coming out. <laughs> yeah. I tried rewatching the Planet of the Apes movies, like the newer ones, and I got through maybe 30 minutes of the first new one, and I was, like, bored. I love them. <laughs> They're great. Yeah, I love them. Just stay away from the Marky Mark one. I was about to Marky warn you. The Mark Wahlberg. Oh, that one. But, see, that one has, like, some novelty of it being really bad, but <laughs> um, it's interesting. I'm sure they're good. <laughs> Well, Ben, Stephen, thanks for joining. Uh, it's been wonderful for us to kick off our podcast for the first time in five months. Great to have you guys here to talk about being a dad, get more personal than I thought we were going to get. Um, so, yeah, thanks for coming and uh, hope you enjoyed. Appreciate the invite. Thanks for having me. Great time. And Come back anytime. Me and Paul will be back next month with our annual top 10 movies of the year hopefully we've both watched 10 movies this year um, <laughs> this list harder. is gonna be very sorry but we will we'll do the top 10 whatever those uh those end up being uh so to make sure though you see godzilla minus one before making your top 10 lists i'll commit to that you know what? i'll commit to that i'll try <laughs> <laughs> i will babysit whoever needs to get out <laughs> yeah, right. bye bye guys